Welcome to Understanding the Law Radio, your business success and legal information station. And now, your host, Peter Lamont. Hi, and thanks for joining me for this episode of Understanding the Law Radio. I'm your host, Peter Lamont, and uh, it's just me today, no Brendan, so I'm going to be flying solo, and we're going to be talking about a case that was recently filed in Maryland, and it's very interesting, and it's interesting for a number of reasons. Um, now, I want to give you some background and, and give you some specifics as to what we're going to be focusing on. The case involves a beach umbrella injury. Now, this is pretty applicable as we're moving into summer, and many of us are going to be spending some time down at the beach. And I mean, I've seen, you know, depending upon where you go, I've seen um, these umbrella rental places on the beach. I know that there's a ton of them out in California. Um, you know, here where I am on the on the Jersey side, the Jersey Shore, uh, I can't say that I've seen a ton of them, but I'm sure if you have been to a beach, you have seen one of these stands where they're renting or selling beach umbrellas. And everybody knows and, and most of us through our own experiences, that if you stick a beach umbrella in the sand, you open it up, and a gust of wind comes, what's going to happen? I mean, how many times have you reached over to grab your beach umbrella so it doesn't fly away? As a matter of fact, I started using uh, the pop-up tents, and then I put the um, like the weights that go around the legs, and that's that's been really good. Now, of course, it probably irritates the people that are sitting behind me who have to look at me inside of my tent, but or canopy, I should say. But, you know, that's that's not the point. The point of this episode is to talk about a case that was filed recently in Maryland that deals with a woman who was spending her first day of vacation on a beach. Now, this happened back in 2018, um, but the case was just filed. And she goes to sit on the beach. She's enjoying her first day of summer vacation and a gust of wind comes and one of the beach umbrellas that had been standing on the beach for rental purposes flew up in the air and actually impaled her, went into her chest. And she obviously was in a a tremendous amount of pain. It was a very serious thing. She had to go to the hospital. She had to have surgery to repair the chest wound And according to her complaint, she's got ongoing pain, um, all sorts of personal injuries, radiating back pain, pelvic pain, numbness in the right arm and hand, etc. So it's a bad scene. Now, why are we going to talk about this today? We're talking about it because if you own a business, you need to be aware of something called duty of care. And I want to talk about that in the negligence setting. So we all know or think we know what negligence is, right? The other day, um, when I first read this, this complaint, I asked a couple of people just as a random poll, you know, what, what's negligence? And it's, I, I would say most commonly thought of as some sort of carelessness. That's, that's the response that I generally got back from my informal poll. Uh, you know, negligence is, is, being careless. And that's that's true to an extent. But in the legal sense, negligence is essentially 
acting in a way that is outside the realm of what's normally accepted. Now, what, what does that mean? You know, can I simplify that? You know, because if you go and you look at the actual elements of negligence, which we'll, we'll get to in a second, it can be com- confusing. In its simplest form, negligence is a failure to behave with the level of care that someone of ordinary prudence would have exercised under the same circumstances. What the heck does that mean? If you are a beach umbrella shop and you're putting your umbrellas out in the beach in the sand and it's windy and you've got your umbrella up, would it have been reasonable for you to close the umbrella so that it didn't fly away? Or would it have been reasonable for you to fold the umbrella and lay it down on the sand so that it wouldn't fly away? So this reasonable standard is always obviously open for interpretation. And it, it, it depends on how a judge or a jury uh, interprets this. But basically, if you're acting in a particular manner, you're going to be compared with what a reasonable person doing the same thing would have done. So in other words, if you're driving down the highway and you've got no hands on the wheel and you get into an accident, you're going to be looked at in comparison to somebody else operating a vehicle under the same circumstances. Would it be unreasonable for a person to remove their hands from the wheel and and drive without hands on the wheel? Of course. So that's a very overly simplified explanation and a, a very silly example. But negligence is just that. It's a failure to behave at a level of care that somebody in the same circumstance would reasonably exercise. Okay? Now, beyond that, if I want to prove a case of negligence against an entity or an individual, what do I have to do? Well, I have to do four things. I have to prove that the defendant owed a legal duty to the plaintiff. I have to prove that the defendants breached that duty. I have to prove that the plaintiff has somehow suffered injuries, monetary or or physical. And fourth, I have to prove that the defendant's breach caused the injury, right? And that's something called proximate cause, that they're connected, right? Like if I had a duty, I breached that duty, and the plaintiff was injured, but it wasn't a direct connection, it wasn't a direct link, then there would be no finding of negligence. So you've got to prove all of these four elements. Now, in this case, which in case you want to look it up, um, filed in the Northern District of Maryland, the plaintiff's name is Jill Mendragal, Mendragal, um, and she is suing a number of entities uh, one of them being 85N Sunny LLC, who's the company that was selling and renting the umbrellas. She's also sued the uh, Ocean County or the Ocean, the town of uh, Ocean City, Maryland, essentially, because that's where she was on the beach. Um, and we're not going to get into how a municipal 
entity defends a claim, we're, f- we're just going to focus today on this duty of care and, and what you as a business owner could, should do when you are analyzing risk. I mean, that's, that's an important factor. When you are, when you own a business, you need to address risk. You can't stick your head in the sand and say it's all going to be okay. You have to be, I think, very um, proactive in your approach to make sure that you avoid situations like what 85 and Sunny finds themselves in today. So let's, let's analyze this particular case with the umbrellas. So, all right. Let's look at the four elements, a legal duty. So does 85, that's, we're just going to shorten, you know, uh, 85 and Sunny to 85 for the purpose of this discussion. Does 85 owe the plaintiff a duty? Well, 85 was placing their umbrellas out on the beach for sale. They were going to benefit from the sale or rental right? They're making money. This is a commercial thing. So there's a benefit. And if they're going to put those umbrellas out on the beach, well, they owe a duty to every beachgoer to do so in a reasonably safe manner. So as far as the first element goes, is there a legal duty that they owe to the plaintiff? Yes. They're going to be selling their umbrellas on the beach and they're going to be putting them up for display. Then they have to do so in a reasonable manner. Two, did the defendant breach that duty? Now, this case obviously is, it's brand new. It's just been filed. So we're analyzing this in, in a way, um, you know, that's not, we, we don't have all the facts, right? So I'm going to analyze this in, in um, a general sense. We could learn as this case progresses that, a lot of the facts that would support certain things aren't there or are there. So keep in mind that what I'm, I'm talking about today is a general discussion, a general overview of what could happen, not what will happen. So getting back to point two, did the defendant breach that duty? Well, if the plaintiff can prove that the average or reasonable umbrella rental company would have looked at the weather conditions and closed the umbrellas or laid them down in the sand, then it's possible that 85 could have breached their duty of care. They, they didn't act in a reasonable manner. They didn't act in a manner that a, a prudent, um, similar business would act in. But the plaintiff has to prove that right in other words you can't just say you breach the duty because i'm injured you have to show how they breach that duty and it would be through you know the evidence uh for example let's say that 85 uh could see that the umbrellas were blowing and let's say that there was an employee of 85 who was told oh you know it's really windy. Maybe we should put the uh, umbrellas down or something like that. And then they didn't do that. That would be unreasonable. But those facts obviously have not been developed yet. And that's part of the case. You know, that's part of the discovery phase of a lawsuit. And we, we're not there yet. 
Now, point three, has the plaintiff sustained damages? Well, yeah. I mean, she was impaled by the umbrella. So I think that constitutes damages. And now 4.4 is, can we, or can the plaintiff prove that the defendant breached, or the defendant's breach, if it happened, caused the injury? So point two is really the, the linchpin here in this case, and it typically is in almost every negligence case. Did the defendant breach the duty of care? You've got to establish all these four elements But this one is, you know, in this case at least, the one that's going to really determine whether or not the plaintiff is entitled to damages, you know, and will be victorious in the lawsuit. Now, I can give you my thoughts. It seems to me that um, acting as a reasonable company, you probably should have known that there were gusty winds you probably should have known that gusty winds can cause beach umbrellas to fly down the beach. And either you should have secured the umbrellas better in the sand or put down the umbrellas. So there's a high likelihood that through the evidence in this case, it could be determined that 85 did breach their duty of care. Now, Why am I telling you this? And if you own a business, what should you be doing? Well, number one, you should understand that negligence is not intentional. It's an accident. It's a failure to adhere to reasonableness in the face of foreseeable risk. So what you, you need to take away from this is that negligence really is a result of your business's failure to properly assess risk and take the necessary precautions to limit liability. But in order to limit liability, you've got to take that first step, which is assess your risk. Now, if you were an umbrella rental company and you were placing your umbrellas out on the beach and it was windy, maybe you should first say to yourself, oh, it's windy. This could potentially cause risk. Same for, let's say you're a store owner and you've got um, a sidewalk in front of your store and it's covered with snow and ice. Now that could, and, and likely does, result in foreseeable risk. Somebody could slip and fall on the ice. As a matter of fact, many states have particular or specific laws concerning snow and ice removal in front of a commercial property. But let's put that aside for a minute. Just think, if you're assessing the risk of your business, does leaving snow and ice out in front of your store where people are going to be walking, does it create foreseeable risk? The answer is yes. What if you are, um, I don't know, a, a tree removal company and you're going to be removing a tree limb and there's a garage or other structure or vehicles in the way and you don't have enough people working that job. Does that create a foreseeable risk? Is there a risk? Sure. So assessing your risk needs to take place all the time. 
I mean, you as a store owner, you as a business owner, you do need to factor in risk on a daily basis. Whether you are a retail store, whether you're a service operation, whatever it is that you're doing, you should always look at what the potential risk is. You know, if you're, um, you know, a, a, a doctor, you're always, if you're, let's say you're a surgeon, you're always advising clients of risk, right? How many times, if you've ever been in for a surgery, has somebody come to you from, you know, the doctor, the nurse, or maybe both of them or four of them or five of them, and they tell you, listen, there's, there's always a risk with surgery, and we're making you aware of the risk, and we want your informed consent. Now, you might get a, a nurse telling you that, a doctor, an anesthesiologist. Who, who knows? But the idea here is that in the medical profession, doctors assess risk. They may even say to a particular patient, look, this surgery is too risky. We can't do it. So as a business owner, you need to kind of think along those lines and, and look at risk and see what you can do to limit it, right? So always perform a risk assessment and be mindful of outside factors. Let's say you're a roofing company and you're going to be installing a new roof on somebody's house. Well, you should look at the weather conditions for the next day because what if it's going to rain? What if there's going to be a windstorm? What if there's going to be, you want to make sure that you've got that roof properly tarped to prevent water from coming into the house or prevent the tarp from blowing off because there's a storm. These are, 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 are things that, you know, a, 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 a reasonable business would do. And, and as a business owner, you're going to be compared to other reasonable business owners under the same set of circumstances. And that's, that's, you know, a, an important uh, point to, to focus on just because you don't think it's reasonable doesn't mean that the average juror wouldn't think it's reasonable for a beach umbrella rental company to close the umbrellas when there's gusts of wind on the beach. So as business owners, take a look at what you're doing on a daily basis that could create risk. So for example, uh, let's say you're a florist and you bring the flowers into the front door of your shop every day to bring them into the back so you can cut them. And let's say that they're filled with water. Let's say that they're wet. And, and so every day you're dripping water on the floor as you bring these flowers into the back room and nobody wipes it up. Why bother? It'll dry, right? They're just drips of water. Well, does that create potential risk for someone to come into your store and slip on the water? I don't know. You have to look at it and say, well, you know, how much water are we talking about? What's the risk that I foresee? Maybe you have nobody that ever walks in your store. Maybe it's just you. So maybe you don't need to address that water on the floor. But if you've got customers coming in, you might want to wipe that up. It's the same with, with shopping malls, for example. You know, when it rains, most shopping malls put down heavy weather mats so that people can wipe their feet before they step on the floors because most malls have, um, you know, tile floors or, or slippery floors. 
or they'll put a sign up that says, you know, floor may be slippery to, to warn people about the potential risk. Those are ways to reduce your potential liability by assessing the risk and then doing something about it. So it, it might not be reasonable for a mall to have a floor wiper upper in front of the doors all the time, right? That might be unreasonable to have somebody there on their hands and knees wiping up the floor. But what might be reasonable is that if it's raining, you put a sign up that says floor may be slippery. That's why when somebody's cleaning the floor in a mall, you always see those signs. Floor may be slippery, slippery when wet. I'm not talking about the Bon Jovi album, but that's why companies do this. It's it's to limit their liability because they have a duty of care to their patrons. Malls have a duty of care to the people that are in them. You as a business owner have a duty of care to your customers or clients that may come into and out of your business or your office. You owe them a duty of care. So it's important to understand that you can drastically reduce your liability risk by performing. I don't, you don't have to go and do it daily, but performing a risk assessment of what you're doing, what your employees are doing, what your staff is doing, what you're doing, how your business operates. It doesn't matter if you are a small business or uh, Amazon. Don't you think Amazon is constantly looking at ways to limit their liability by assessing risk? You know, they, they have you seen the, uh, the, the drone delivery services? Amazon doesn't, doesn't just say, all right, let's, let's have drones start delivering packages without first testing it and assessing risk. What's the risk if we have a drone deliver a package? What's the risk if we do this? Constant risk assessment. And that's something that you need to employ, whether you have, uh, you know, a, a mom and pop shop, whether you have a huge company, a growing company, whether you just, it's just you, you've got 10 employees, it doesn't make a difference. If you own a business, you need to do risk assessment and understand who you owe this duty of care to in order to better protect your business. All right, well, that's going to do it for today's uh, episode. It's a short episode. It's, it's a little more focused and serious than what we've been doing uh, lately. But I think this is an important case to look at simply because as business owners, you have that ability to limit your liability by just doing one thing, and that's risk assessment. All right, well, that's going to do it for today's episode. Thanks for joining me. Tune in next time and make sure that you let your friends and family know about the podcast. You can subscribe if you haven't done so. You've got to subscribe. And also, please, it would help us out if you left a review. You could do that anywhere that you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere. All right, that'll do it. I'll see you next time. Thanks for joining me. Thank you for listening to Understanding the Law Radio. Make sure you follow Peter on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And stay tuned for future episodes.